Today's episode of the Not That Great Podcast is our March Madness preview with Ben Perlman and Alex Brown. And they got together. They talked for about 45 minutes about, uh, among other things, uh, what's up with Brad Stevens maybe going to coach in college. What's up with the SEC? These guys have good teams all of a sudden. This is a football conference. What's the deal? Why are they suddenly, you know, semi-literate in basketball? And who who's going to go deepest out of those those teams? Is Villanova in trouble? Which that hurts that hurts for me because I'm a Nova fan. Um, Matt Fox, big fan of Colgate. How how legit is Colgate? They're not. And then um, what? Who is who's the champ? That's the that's the main. The gist. So if you if you already filled out your bracket and and submitted it to ESPN or Yahoo or whoever, you need to call ESPN and Yahoo and say, "Hey, I fucked up. I need my bracket back. I did not yet listen to the not that great March Madness preview." And those guys are all going to have perfect brackets, even if they're different. They're all going to be perfect. Then I need to emulate that. So go do that. Call your congressperson. Call your senator, and say, "Hey, listen, I." I prematurely, like a dumbass, submitted my bracket without listening to the world's greatest sports podcast and getting their opinion. Not opinion. It's not even an opinion. It's fact. I did not get the facts from them first. And that's on you. And you should be ashamed of yourself. So that's next. Um, Don't forget, we do have our... um, I'm still working on our homicide podcast. Still working on some other stuff uh, that you'll start to hear probably in weeks where there aren't new episodes and off weeks and stuff. So we're going to try, you know, we had last week off and we're trying to keep the weeks filled and keep you guys entertained and all that kind of stuff. Um, so stay tuned. We're doing stuff. We're producing things. It's coming. Stuff's coming out. It's happening. So uh, there you go. Ben Perlman, Alex Brown. Happy St. Patty's Day. Stay safe. Wear a mask. And uh, rest in peace to Yafet Koto, who passed yesterday. And Moose is in the house. So let's go. Make it a double, I can Take it another, get so hard to chase it Live up to, yeah, it slides away when You're running like my Uncle David Who never lived to escape it The trouble you were about to cave in Give up to talking in your basement. We decided. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode. Not that great podcast. I'm Al Brown. I am being joined this afternoon by Ben Perlman. Sir, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you. So we've got uh, the thing everyone's talking about right now. <clears throat> March Madness coming up. Um, the greatest thing you want to do? Still the greatest event in sports. There's no there's no way around it. And, you know, you can think about this every year. Nothing. There are a few things that have as much hard play and just the greatest show of sport in our history. And I think, you know, playoff hockey is up there. You know, college hockey, Frozen Four is up there, especially for us in New England. But college yeah. basketball takes the country by storm. And, you know, for those, this is – this is everyone's Super Bowl for a lot of these teams. Like not all these guys play pro, so I think it's yeah, and especially you know, considering the last time around, 
we weren't able to have a tournament, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, uh, it's really, it's cool that it's back. Um, and I mean, you you know, you're right. It is one of the greatest, I mean, it's, it's, it's bigger than an event because it's so many things encapsulated into a, a period of time, but it really, I mean, as, as far as sporting events go, it does lend itself to like the most like, Holy shit. Did that just happen moments? You know, the buzzer beaters and the Cinderella stories and all that stuff. And just so many games compacted. And and I think the schedule change will lead us to have a little more consistent play over, you know, the the days instead of like, you know, jam packing these kids into one weekend and they go back to class. They have another weekend. I Mm. think it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So I've I have thought this. I, I don't know when I came to this, but. I I feel like one of the reasons why I enjoyed March Madness more when I was younger is because it was really, I mean, if I remember correctly, it was only on like two different channels, like back in the day, like 90s, yeah, like CBS, before I mean, cable. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was almost like a basketball version of like the red zone where you just because they would just keep clipping to like the most, well, this is getting towards the end or this is the most exciting part or this one's going into overtime. And so you just had these, like, it was like being on speed. You just had all these crazy, like games switching back and forth. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I feel like the fact that like so many different channels are playing so many different games that it not dilutes it, but I mean, I guess a little bit dilutes it in, in my opinion. I don't know if that's just ramblings of an old man, but uh, I think we got to keep up with technology. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely last year and this year will miss the, you know, being able to sit at a bar and watch four games at once for for twelve hours a day. Um, <laughs> we'll get back there next year. I'm not worried. Yeah, yeah, I I think we're we're looking up. Um, so you know, in in the tournament, do we have any immediate reactions to uh, Selection Sunday? I've heard some grumbling about Louisville not getting in. Um, do you think that there was anything that they got wrong, you know, in your, your personal opinion? No, I mean, I think you've, you've got to, if you're on the, it's like one of those things of like, if you're saying, you know, one play or one thing robbed you of a game, you know, you're, you're missing out. Like if you're saying you just got bounced from the bubble, you should be good enough not to be in the bubble, especially for Louisville story program. Like, you know, you can, cry all you want, but you're not in. Let's move on. Mm. So I, I'm harsh on those who don't get in the bubble. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, th- these guys are experts in the field that sit around these tables and decide who's in and out. And they hem and haw and they give credence to all the regions and all the conferences. So, like, you know, just play better. Win another game and you would have been in. Yeah, I mean, sometimes the simplest answer is the right <laughs> one. Hey, play better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Be better. So um, speaking of uh, complaining and bitching. So um, is it is it a bad thing for the tournament that Duke isn't in or is it just kind of great that they're not in because fuck Dukies and take you down a peg? <laughs> I think I've struggled with Duke this year for a couple of reasons. Number one, I mean, Coach K threatening to take the ball and go home so many times is just really, really pathetic. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not looking early and said like, Hey, maybe we won't play this year. Like you sign these all-star players 
and you have an incredible recruiting class every year and you lose a couple games, come on. I mean, and I mean, also your entire shtick is that you're like Mr. Class. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I, I think it's fitting on. that it's fitting that they got DQ'd for COVID at the end of the year after, you know, all this gone on. I mean, I, again, nobody should have it. Everyone should be safe. Yada, yada. But like, I mean, just, you know, especially, and, and they were primed for a great year last year. What they finished the year 25 and six, mm-hmm. um, you know, best in the ACC again, maybe after Florida state or tied with Florida state, like they were, they were ready the last year. Um, so, you know, you've got to be ready every year. This, this is the problem with the one and done. I mean, how many Dukies are now in the pros for the first time? Yeah. So who knows? I, I no, yeah, I, I don't Duke. feel bad. I don't feel bad for Duke. <laughs> Do I think that, you know, it, it's not the masters. You're not guaranteed a spot every year. So, yeah, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Although, no. I mean, there, there clearly is a sense of entitlement on their, at least their fan bases, um, part. Well, think about it again, another Indiana, not in the tournament. Like that's, you know, and they lost their coach after a pretty abysmal four year slide year. So, you know, Indiana doesn't deserve to be in just cause they're Indiana. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I guess we can just kind of, since we're talking about it, segue into it. You just kind of, uh, drop this into my lap before we started recording Brad Stevens of the Boston Celtics. There's been chatter about him to Indiana potentially. Yeah, they he is their their vision board, right? That he would want to be that number one choice. Is mm. it possible? Yeah, I mean they can put enough money together to do it. Are they going to? I don't think so. Does does Brad leave on this? You know, he's he'd be a whale for them, right? Yeah, <laughs> that would so, be that would be huge, and it would also, be like you know the hometown hero comes back. Yeah, but is, he's also eight years away from having to recruit. Mm-hmm. So how does that, you know, fit into that, you know, that, that mold of a, of a good, good basketball coach. Yeah. I mean, he can definitely coach. He can definitely coach college. Can he recruit? That's a great question. Yeah. I mean, you know, oftentimes I would imagine that's a very underlooked part of it is the recruiting. People can say whatever they want about John Calipari, but he knows how to grab <laughs> some high end talent. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's plenty of people across the spectrum of former coaches, retired coaches, former IU players that could be the next coach. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be all about recruiting in that place and they need to make sure they do a good mix of getting those blue chips that maybe one and done or two and done and the kids they can develop. And, you know, most names out there aren't really the best developing kind. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think, you know, some mix of former players that come back and coach might be my best guess to get them back in the, in the mix of playing like, mm. you know, um, a Dane Fife who's been an assistant in the big 10, a Steve Alford, who's out of coaching, a Jim Beeline who's out of coaching. Um, so I don't know, or John Beeline, sorry. Um, you know, there's, there's plenty of people out there. They'll ask everyone. There's going to be no stone unturned and no lack of resources to make them good at basketball again. Brad Stevens or not. Yeah. Yeah. Heard that. Um, are there any first round matchups that you're really pumped to see? Um, I think given our, our little controversy, I mean, I think Colgate is one of those teams that on paper looks like it should be an upset. Um, and I'll give our nod to Fox for his, his fandom here, even though I'm sure he can't name a player. Um, but I just don't, I don't see the athletic ability coming through from the Patriot league 
ever in history to uh, to be on our on a, on, a, on a winning team or Cinderella story. So for all those at home, I think we have a, a Carl sandwich on the on the line for this game against Arkansas. A, a Carl sandwich. <laughs> uh, have you not had Carl's cheesesteaks from even though they're not a sponsor, we shouldn't give them any airtime here. But uh, Carl's and Waltham is is the greatest cheesesteak outside of Philadelphia. I was unaware. That's good to know. That's yeah. good to know. Yeah. One tip. I mean, their website <laughs> is the cheesesteaks guys for a reason. So. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, if you're going to brag about it like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so some more, just moving on into some more bracket stuff. Um, so we've got, we've got Villanova team right that just lost their um what is he point guard gillespie mm-hmm. he's their point guard right so he tears his mcl and villanova is going to be facing a 23 and one veteran laden as it was referred to online winthrop team um nova is zero and two since gillespie tore his uh mcl and it doesn't really seem like they have depth to make a run without him. I mean, like, so um, this Jermaine Samuels kid and Justin Moore, they seem to be good, but it seems like Gillespie was really their, I guess, you know, pilot, quarterback, whatever you want to call it for that, for that team. Are they just kind of doomed without him? Do you see any way they can kind of scrap yeah, back this- and make a run in this? I mean, I think this all comes down to what you need to be able to win a tournament, and that is ball control and lowering your turnovers. And if you're going to have a new point guard or new ball handler this late in the season, yeah, you have a great coach. You've got a great, you know, 11 other players on the team. I just don't see it happening. And, you know, Winthrop is good. Do they get past Winthrop? Yeah. But then they face Purdue who's coming on great at the end of the year, even though they had a, mm. an abrupt exit to Ohio state at the uh, big 10 tournament. But, you know, I, I'd, I'd see, I'd see Purdue making the sweet 16 out of those four. Regardless of whether they beat Winthrop, Villanova beats Winthrop or not. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you you mentioned Ohio State. Now, the Big Ten has had, yeah. I mean, so they've also had a twenty-one year championship drought. But you have Illinois, Michigan, Ohio State, and Iowa, which in a lot of people's minds are Final Four caliber teams. Maybe not Michigan so much now. Um, because they lost Isaiah Livers. Um, but do, do you think that one of these teams realistically, like, I, l- let me ask it this way. Out of those out of those four that I just listed, Fighting Illinois, Wolverines, Buckeyes, um, and Iowa, uh, what are they, the Hawks, Hawkeyes? Iowa? Hawkeyes, yeah. Hawkeyes, that's right. Which, which one do you think realistically has the best chance of, possibly breaking that big 10 streak well let's i'll start with iowa um luca garza is amazing he's one of the ugliest players to watch but you know it's fundamentally sound obviously has had a career so that makes a difference going into the tournament but i think they have the hardest path you've got gonzaga you've got kansas oregon's really good um virginia's really good i think those are the teams that you know are great three-point shooters um great defense and don't turn the ball over and great coaches. So I think you're, you're in a bus off if you're Iowa. So let's count them out. Um, you know, Illinois is, is prime for 
the easiest path. You know, mm. San Diego State's probably the most fundamentally sound on that on their side as a, as a six seed. Um, Houston's came on strong as a two seed, but you know, no one else really scares me as much. Tennessee can play well, really well coached, but you know, I think Illinois has the easiest path. If yeah, and I feel like Houston's complete lack of size is going to going to not fare well in this. So, and then and then Ohio State. I think Ohio State is Baylor, which is it's just a tough tough one seed to go against. Yeah, Um, you know, not worried about Villanova as much, but but Purdue, Arkansas, um, also capable of 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 handling it, And, and you know they could. A revenge game against Ohio State in the in the Great Eight against Purdue would be a, a great game to watch, um, just given the size and the speed and the athletic ability on both teams. Cool. Now you had mentioned a different uh, difficult path. Um, one of the ones that I notice, Alabama kind of has a potentially tough road ahead of them. Um, mm-hmm. So they open with Iona which is coached by the immortal Rick Pitino. Um, <laughs> you, I think actually just took the New Mexico job. I, that might've been that, the internet no, lying to me. That's his son. Um, his son. Oh, just that's his son. From, uh, from Minnesota. Got it. Yeah. All right. Different Pitino. <clears throat> so. Um, they look alike though. So. Yes. So they open with Iona, which is a 15 seed, but is, you know, it's a better. Achievable. Yeah, it's and it, like you said, I mean, say what you want about Rick Patino, but you know the guy can coach um, at least collegiately. <laughs> so after that, they if they beat Iona, which they probably will, but I don't think it'll be a cakewalk. Alabama will face either number seven UConn, number ten Maryland, in a round of thirty-two on Monday. Um, if Alabama reaches the Sweet Sixteen, that could mean that. Uh, number three, Texas is waiting for them, and they won the Big 12 Conference on Saturday. So, is that do you think that who was it you said Ohio State has the more difficult path? Do you think at Alabama or Ohio State potentially? Because that's a lot to go through, especially early on. Um, I will say this I, I, I think the SEC has improved drastically. I think. You know, you've got a lot more teams playing well um, and not the names you're thinking of, right? So you've got Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, um, everyone in those kind of veins playing well where you're used to the Kentuckys or Georgias and they're not really around that much for this year, right? So, um, but they are Johnny come latelys They may be great coaches, but they're not tested coaches. Um, so I'd, I'd much rather take Ohio State with a, a senior team and played in a better conference. Um, and I will say two other teams that scare me on in the East for Alabama, number one, BYU and number two of mm. uh, Florida state, both those teams meet those criteria of great shooting and great defense and ball control. So, you know, I, th- I think Texas should win, but BYU will give them all their hands, all they can handle. Um, Florida state easily could be in the grade eight on that side, given Michigan's injury and you know, nobody else really scares me on that side. Um, so that's my, my two cents there. So I, I, you know, I think Ohio state I'll take, if I'm, you're making me choose one to go further, mm. um, you know, we'll see, we'll see. That's why, that's why we play here, but, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> it happened. you know, I think those teams that, that I've listed like BYU, Florida state are two of those, um, you know, Michigan and UVA and San Diego state are also those. 
Um, some of the smaller teams like Colgate, um, Liberty, and Drake also make those. So I think Drake in the play-in uh, coming in at a – what do they come in at, an 11 seed when they come in after they're playing? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I want to say yes, 11 seed. Or 12, 11 or 12. Um, they will be, you know, a challenge as well for whoever they play. Let me make sure I get their slot right. No. Uh, 11 seed, yeah, against USC. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's another one for another one for Iowa to make it harder. Mm. So. All right. All right. Um, so because, you know, so much of this storied history of the NCAA tournament is the Cinderella team, you know, we famously, it was what, two years ago, had Sister Jean, right? Was that the right school? I believe so. I mean, Florida Gulf um, Coast is, is probably the most, you know, storied in our, yes, in our life. That was, I completely forgot about them, but yes, that was, that was huge. Um, do you, do you have a kind of, um, I guess, a prediction for who the media darling Cinderella mid-major team will be this year? You know, they say 90% of brackets or 86% of brackets over the past you know 30 years have had one um, Cinderella team make the Sweet 16, right? So there are years where it doesn't happen. Um, you know, looking at the matchups, you know, I see most of them like UCSB is a great team uh, that could be in that vein, but we'll face Virginia. Um, and I think that's going to knock them out. Winthrop is another one that, you know, a Purdue's laid an egg several times this year too. So Winthrop could make it. Um, again, I don't see Colgate. I see Drake making a couple wins. Um, no one else really jumps out. Georgetown coming off the, the Big East tournament win could make a, a quick splash, but I mean, Georgetown as a 12 seed isn't much of a Cinderella. Um, it's not a small conference, right? So, you know. Yeah. And 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 Liberty. I mean, I you know, you you, you get a couple of shooters really hot. I don't care if you've got, you know, Mutumbo and Morning in the paint. You're not – you're still not going to be able to knock them off. Mm. So you had mentioned Georgetown. Um, mm-hmm. Coach, I uh, – fellow Cambridge high school alum as myself, Patrick Ewing. Um, I, I was kind of amazed by the story that no one knew who he was in Madison square garden. <laughs> Did you hear this? No. Did oh, you didn't hear about this? Yeah. So they, that game where they beat Creighton, you know, um, to get into the tournament. And it's in Madison Square Garden. It was he was talking in a in an interview afterwards, Ewing was, and he was like, every single where I I went, I was crossing a hall and people were asking me for a pass. And I was like, what building am I in right now? Do you see those numbers in the rafters? Like, and I'm like, I feel like I feel like if you work in Madison Square Garden, you're, you you kind of should know who Patrick Ewing is, right? Like, is that a weird ask? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say yes. I mean, if you don't know the history of your own building, I'm going to have some severe pause. I'd, I'd hope they know who John Wallace and Carmelo Anthony are. Like, come on, this is not, you know, you should know people. Like, it's who Patrick fucking Ewing. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> like he um, was, unless, you know, he, unless he unless he shrank six, six inches, which he doesn't appear to have. Like he's no, still, I mean his hair is not as impressive as it once was, but uh, you know, like that's it's Patrick Ewing. He's you know. Anyways, I just thought that was incredibly funny. Um, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. So, so. I mean, maybe maybe I? people I've, at MSG know remember like you know the circus and concerts more than they remember basketball. I mean, the Knicks have been bad for a while, so. It is possible. They have. They have. And, you know, there's probably some 23-year-old kid <laughs> on an internship checking tags and lanyards and all of that nonsense. Um, all right. Cinderella team is down. Um, what is the team that you, you think will make for a, uh, air quotes, far too early exit? Who's going to get one of the higher ranking teams that's just going to get bumped. Whew, the first of, of the of the big eight. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's, they always get seeded to, to make it right. To make the sweet 16. Um, the, those, the one and two seeds, you know, I think the one with the biggest challenge. I, I don't know. I don't see any of the, of the four being knocked out unless, you know, the Michigan injury takes them down a peg. Um, so once they hit the grade of the sweet 16, that's a, that's a different story. Um, yeah. You know, Houston has a chance. Illinois is a likely win. Uh, let's see. Ohio state was, is likely in Baylor's likely in. Um, so the first one to go out, but I'll, I'll stick with it. Let's go. With, let's go with Houston. Houston. Yeah. yeah. That, that one's been bounced around a lot. Houston, um, Nova and Michigan are like the top online predictions from. Well, Nova's, I mean, that's already a, that's a five yeah. season here. So yeah. You know, yeah. Always entertaining. Um, um, you know, I, I think this is the biggest, the first year with the biggest disparity in, in odds for a while. You know, I think you've got what the Gonzaga is a plus 200 and then two teams at plus 600 or 700. Um, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, usually it's a lot more grouped together of, of odds and, and maybe Vegas knows something we don't, but, but that is a pretty, they pretty, usually uh, do. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I think of those that have kind of slid up of the rankings, Ohio state's, you know, 2,400 above their seed. Um, you know, Alabama's at a at plus 2,100 Houston's a plus 1,800, you know, people have slipped, but Virginia is also plus three, 3,000, which is, you know, well above their seeding as well. So as far as where they fall in line. Now you, you mentioned Gonzaga who a lot of people um, are picking to win the, the whole thing, mm-hmm. including myself. which people, people have done that with Gonzaga before. Um, so I know that in the 2018, 2019 um, season, they had Rui Hachimura and Brandon Clark, who, you know, two first round picks. Um, But just based off of like overall depth, could this, is this the best team that Mark Few has ever coached as far as like collective talent? It's got to be, right? I mean, that's, I'm not a good Zaga expert as much as I want to be. Um, Mm -hmm. And they've had some pretty, pretty stellar rosters, but 
I mean, I think of a future talent and of, you know, the highest play they've had for a long stretch. I think this has to be it. I mean, and I think this goes to what you're looking at from last year as well. You know, the end of week 20, when they shut down the season, you know, you had Kansas one, Gonzaga two, you know, barely with a better record. So, I mean, how much of those Gonzaga guys have been sitting around for a year with knowing that they had a great chance to win last year Mm. to do the same this year? I mean, that, and, you know, Florida State was four, San Diego State was six. You know, those teams are, are ready to go now. Um, and those they're probably better than they were last year, you know, and that's, you know, that's the number one. I, th- I think the biggest wild card could be here is, is just anyone who it, it gets the pandemic. I mean, I, I was, yeah, yeah. It's the ultimate X factor. I mean, Indiana is not operating like Massachusetts as far as COVID protocols. Right. So, yeah. Um, you know, people have been dining out for a long time and they will continue to be, hmm. So we'll we'll see. I just hope that that doesn't rail it, derail anything with. with yeah, that would really suck. Like, but, but I think it's cool losses and injuries happen, but you don't want you don't want any of that yeah, shit. The, the DQ no. for for COVID nineteen is not cool. No, no, not at all. I'm just so just to one stat about Gonzaga that I think Please. speaks to their insane offensive capabilities. So, percentage sports data. Um, they are shooting 52% against man coverage and then 61% against zone coverage. <laughs> so they are just bombs way firing. Like that's really impressive. Yeah. They know, they know what they're doing. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They really do. Um, speaking of another amazing team, I know that you uh, had mentioned in our in our chat room the message board you had been talking about this team and so I did a little bit of digging and found some things that I uh, I found interesting um, so I wanted you to talk a little bit about these Arkansas Razorbacks who are a top three seed for the first time since 1995 and going back to those I mean that that was Lee Bayberry Todd Day Oliver Miller I mean those teams in the 90s for Arkansas were good they uh, were I remember so, those yeah I mean given given showing my age a little bit here but um no Maybe. Razorbacks <laughs> you know they they got trounced by Alabama when was that early in the year or maybe around yeah. New Year's like a, just a, a thrashing um yeah. you know and they started um pretty slow but to finish you know 13 and 4 in the league after I think they were I want to say 3 and 4 or 2 and 4 yeah they started um, out real bad so, you know, they've got a great lottery pick player with Moody, um, you know, 30. Yeah. And, you know, they shoot better when he's on the floor, like any team does with a good player. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, they've, they've got a chance. I mean, they just put him in the chance. I just think that that's sort of one of those things where, you know, I, I used to joke when, you know, we were, when I was a kid, I'd, I'd go to, you know, a football game, whether, you know, Purdue game and you would see just the talent disparity between like Purdue and Notre Dame or Purdue and Michigan going back in the eighties. Yeah. You're going to see that looked when Arkansas walks in the court of Colgate. And I just think you're going to have these, you know, scrawny guys that look like Matt Fox playing against. Some- <laughs> <laughs> oh, dig. <laughs> oh, but yeah, man. So um, Moses Moody, like 
after doing a little bit. So this Jalen Suggs kid is probably going to be the freshman getting the most like media attention um, in the tournament. But Moody is a six, six wing who can basically just get a bucket from anywhere in the gym. Like, like his highlights are impressive that he's shooting. I want to say he's shooting just below 40% from three point line. I think Mm -hmm. ballpark. Um, so I think this kid could potentially just be like an absolute superstar during this, this tournament. Um, cause he's, he's got it. He's really got it. Versatile defender too. Like he can do, he can do a lot. Um, yeah, and he's, I mean, you know, he's one of, he's one of the players that I'm rooting for one, just because Moses Moody is one of the best fucking basketball names I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. Like certain athletes it just screams like yeah that dude definitely plays ball yeah you know certain certain athlete names are just like oh absolutely <laughs> um so he's one of the players that i'm excited about and rooting for are there any other players on any of the teams whether it's arkansas or you know whoever oregon don't care that you're really excited to see um or that you're just rooting for because of you know, you, you took a shine to the kid kind of deal. Well, I, I mean, no, no secret that I'm not a, I'm a Purdue fan. And I think that their seven, four center who, you know, as of a couple of years ago, wasn't even playing basketball and has just really gotten better every single game. Um, a Canadian guy, my name is Zach Eady, and he's just, you know, was this a Disney ball. movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm waiting for the, you know, the, whatever his harms, the kid that got, that transferred out because he lost his spots to the kid, you know, just sort of got zapped from his powers. Um, and uh, I just think the kid can play and, and he's got another um, center with him that can, you know, really take up some minutes and give a little balance to that team. That's really what made them get better throughout the year. So, you know, anytime you, you see that story and, you know, you've seen seven footers before that literally just are painful to watch, but he's just literally got finesse. He's a former hockey player. So, give some shine to his ability to, to at least move. And uh, yeah, just got, I, would, I, I well, wow. That's an, in, so, so this dude was playing hockey in Canada, basically his entire life. And then just started playing basketball a couple yep. of years ago. Cause he was too yeah, fucking yeah. big for hockey. Yep. This is a Disney movie. <laughs> like you realize that, right? Like it <laughs> absolutely is like, you can totally make that. We'll get we'll get a, a treatment sample together or something. We'll pitch it to Disney. We'll go have done it. Yeah, and he's also I mean, he's he's just he's he's quiet. He's unassuming. He doesn't have that like sort of you know. He's Matt, Canadian. Uh, yeah, but Matt, <laughs> Matt Harms was also fun to watch, right? Like he was energetic and like he was kind of like he's like you hated him if, we, if he wasn't on your team and loved him if he was on yours. Hmm. Um, he, the emotion is not there with this kid. But he just puts it up and down. I mean, he's averaging ten points a game now, you know, after starting off with, with basically nothing. So he's just gotten better over the year. Um, scored 20 against IU, um, end of the tournament, end of the season. He even scored 11 in the loss to Ohio State. So, you know, he just, when he, when he plays, he plays. He can, he can really put, put the ball in the bucket and, and make sure that it's, uh, it's going to be in there because he's that tall already. Yeah. That's such a bizarre story. <laughs> <laughs> um. So one of the guys that I'm just excited to see just because, you know, 
offense is fun to watch. Um, this Max Abamas, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name, but he's from Oral Roberts, which is the most mid-major college-sounding name I've ever heard. Um, he's the nation's leading scorer, somewhat quietly, scoring just over 29 points a game um, over the Eagles' final nine games. And if that dude gets hot, I mean, he could probably have a, a sports center highlight reel of him just going nuts for like 40 in a, in a random game. So that could potentially be a really fun one. Um, and then the one that I'm, I'm rooting for just cause I was like, fuck yeah, guy, go for it. <laughs> uh, Jose Alvarado from Georgia tech. Um, he's arguably the reason Georgia tech just got its first ACC tournament since 93. And um, just the interview with him, and his coach after they had made it uh, to the tournament. And he's, you know, he's crying and talk. he's like the, he's like the ultimate nobody believes in us kind of guy. And I just, I root for those dudes so hard. Um, in the uh, tractor trailer, you know, Oliver Miller kind of vain, uh, Raekwon Gray from Florida state, six, eight, two sixty makes me feel really good about myself. Um, you know, also, you know, <laughs> scores 15 and seven on a nightly basis. So, you know, I like watching those guys play and just, you know, just move kids around. So he's on my list to watch. And Florida State's another team I think will has a chance to go pretty far. Um, and then two from, from Iowa, I think Garza and Bohannon, um, you know, are fundamentally strong, not the, not the flashiest players to play, but you know, they're just not gonna, you know, they're not gonna mess up, especially being, you know, juniors and seniors and figuring out that they, this is their chance to, to actually go far, so. Those nice. are my three to add. And then there's just uh, one more that I'm going to talk about. Um, this kid, Cam Thomas from LSU. He is lightning. So he's a freshman and he can like, he can rack it up. So he's averaging just shy of 23 points a game. And he, he, he's got that, like, I, I guess just like a, really quick off the dribble first step gets by people like crazy and just, you know, automatically goes to the free throw line or just gets a bucket. Like he's, he is, he is fun to watch. Good. I will. And then one more Jericho Sims from Texas, senior scrappy player, never really averaged a whole bunch, but a great free throw shooter and one of the hardest working guys, another one of your category of a great basketball name. dope um so do we have do we have any predictions for um if you don't want to go full-on you know championship we can at least do your predictions for the final four and see kind of where we go from there um we're going to be wrapping this up kind of soon but just to get some final predictions and thoughts or anything you want to touch on yeah, I mean, I, I Gonzaga is my national champion prediction. I just think you really can't go against Vegas, and and I think the the fire from last the year, scoring is just too much. It's just going to be you know fundamental basketball, and and they'll just keep playing. Um, the other three brackets, who gets there? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if like a a BYU makes it from from the from the East. Ironically. Um, 
but then, you know, Alabama, Michigan, they all have chances, but I think that's the one that could be the wild card. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the Midwest, I got to think Illinois is going to make it. They made it 16 years ago and they made it 16 years before that. So does that end the national championship drought for, for, uh, <laughs> that's a fun stat. <laughs> yeah. For, uh, I love that for, for, for Illinois and, and made the big 10. I mean, I think they've got, they've got a good chance to do it. So let's say Gonzaga, Illinois, BYU, and, um, in the, in the South, somewhere between Arkansas and Purdue is where my head's at. Um, and as a homer, I'll just go Purdue. So that's my four. And oh, I'll be wrong on, on at least three of them. Oh, that's interesting because, you know, uh, I was under the impression that you were, you were going to be putting money on Arkansas. Yeah. They, well, I mean, they can, they can still make the great eight. I mean, they'll make well, Colgate look, make their loss, uh, you know, look a little bit better than it does. But, you know, I, no, I think, I think uh, Purdue's got the size and, and uh, gotten better throughout the year. And I think those are the things you look for of, of a steady coach, you know, a mix of, of some leadership on the team with, with some, with some talents. Um, again, great three point shooting, great free throw shooting, good defense and, and ball control. And that's what I think those teams that I listed will, will be able to do to, to win four games. Awesome. All right. So Gonzaga I, I, official I leave, winner. I leave you on the hook though. How, what, what are you, who's your four? I mean, mine's, mine's, you know, pretty much the same i mean i would i would have um i mean gonzaga is my you know win um for the championship um and then just because i'm high on arkansas now i'm going to put them in (laughs) all for moses you're you found yeah i'm just i'm i'm riding with moses moody man all right good yeah, damn, I don't know. I don't know. Because there are teams where I was like, yeah, you know, you look at them and you're like, oh, yeah, one seat. But then it's like, you know, you've got the Michigan and I don't, I don't know. But yeah, probably like um, Gonzaga, Arkansas. I, I'll say Ohio State. Like Ohio State and Arkansas are going to play each other. Oh, they are? Shit. <laughs> yeah, this is me not having my bracket all together. I probably should have had this more like synced in my my brain before I asked you the question. Um, Bama, Illinois. All right. Yeah, I feel good about that. Bama, <laughs> Illinois, Arkansas, Gonzaga. Yeah. All right. So we, I mean, put another Carl sandwich on the line. Yep. Carl sandwich. I'm all about it. I will it be anyways. I still need to, to figure it out and try it for the, yeah, I just need to get my ass over to Waltham. <laughs> all right, man. Well, this has been a uh, college basketball talk, March madness. I, I cannot wait. Yeah. Every year. You there? Uh, lost, lost your audio for a while. So, <laughs> well, this was me just signing off and <laughs> <laughs> and thanking you for joining me to uh to talk college hoops man my, my pleasure always always a pleasure and uh you know this is this will be a lot of basketball watching and i'm always excited to do it and you know gives us something to talk about for a few weeks yeah and we'll chat about some of the games as they progress um 
hopefully we'll get to talk about a lot of holy shit, oh my god moments that happen. Buzzer beaters and upsets and all that good jazz. For sure. For sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, thank you again. Um, we stumbled at the finish line there. I'm <laughs> Al Brown, and for Ben Perlman, we're not that great. Take care, everybody.